Hello everyone, it's Jo Hemming here. We had a slight technical hitch on the morning of Sunday the 22nd of February and the sermon wasn't recorded that day. So I'm re-recording it now so if you're following our series on authority and calling you won't miss out. Um, if you haven't been following the series at all that's fine, it's the um, podcasts are available on our, on our website. But if you have, this is session five within the series. We've been talking about what happens when we choose to follow Jesus. When we, some people would say, become a Christian. And I'm going to give you a brief summary of what we've spoken about. And then today's topic is called Living Differently Through Jesus. What life looks like when we choose to walk with him. So that's where we're heading. We're going to be talking about how we can hear God speak to us. How he speaks to us specifically. And then what we need to do about that. So let's just pray together. Father God, thank you that your word is living and active. Thank you for the truth that when we come to follow you, when we come to new life in you, then we become a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And today I just pray that you come and speak to us wherever we are at in our journey. That you come and show us how much you love us. And you come and open our eyes to more of who you are and who we can be in you. Amen. So we've been talking about what happens when we choose to follow Jesus. You know, sometimes when we talk about um, somebody kind of finding a faith, we say that we have invited Jesus into our heart. That's a common phrase that we use. But actually, I want to suggest to you, that although that's kind of a helpful picture because it can show us that we're showing that God is kind of taking over the, the steering wheel, if you like, of our life. Another way that we can describe this new start, this new beginning it's using the a phrase that we give our life to God. And I was reading this week, there's a book called The Way In is the Way On, which is written by John Wimber, the guy who founded the Vineyard Movement. And I thought he described this really well, this new start that we make when we come to follow Jesus, when we give our lives to God. He says, When I came to Christ and prayed the prayer of faith, I ended my life and began a new life in Christ. Everything from that day until now has been Jesus. I like to say, just colour me Jesus. It's not about my prior existence. In fact, it's not even about adding a little religion to my life. It's about ending one phase of life in a very real sense. I cut off all considerations of my identity and past and gave myself totally over to Jesus Christ in every way that I knew how. And so if you're somebody who's used to going along to church or is, would kind of call themselves a Christian because you've grown up in England and we have been known as a, a Christian country, then I just want to suggest to you that when we're choosing to follow Jesus, it's not a case of adding a bit of religion. It's not a case of just kind of make, doing a head nod to Jesus or to God or to faith. But this is actually a brand new start and we can choose to give our lives completely to God. We can end one phase of life, life before, give ourselves to Jesus, sign our lives over to God and then have a whole new beginning. In our series we've been talking about that, we've been talking about how life isn't just about what we see. There is a natural realm around us that we do see, we can smell and feel and touch. But there's also a spiritual realm as well. And there's a spiritual battle that's going on, good versus evil the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And when we give our lives to Jesus, we have a vital part to play in his big story, 
bringing in his kingdom. But you know, as we've looked over the previous weeks, God's enemy wants to stop us living out the fullness of our identity in Christ. The Bible says that he comes to steal and kill and destroy. But the wonderful thing is that Jesus says that he comes to give life, life in all its fullness. And as we come to know who we are, these new creations that we are, when we give our lives to him, then we can learn how to live that out and how we can see his kingdom extended in our own lives and in the world around us. So over this series, we've looked at um, the importance of repentance, how it's important when we do stuff wrong to turn away from that. And there was a helpful tool, we called it the five R's, about recognising the stuff that we do wrong and confessing what it looks like in our lives. About repenting, about turning back to God and receiving his forgiveness. Then we rebuke, we just command the enemy to leave our life and replace the old patterns of thinking and behaviour with new ones. And then we can receive the empowering and infilling work of the Holy Spirit to help us walk in his ways. And you know, last week we had our Father Heart weekend. Trevor Galpin came and just reminded us again of how much God the Father loves us. He's passionate about us and he made us to connect in relationship with him. And that's kind of our starting point, really, in how we can live differently through Jesus. So we've been looking at some of the things that hold us back from living a different life. Some of the lies that we end up believing about ourselves and our situation. And today we're going to say, so how do we live differently? What is God's truth? What he's saying to us? What is he saying to us personally? To our families? About our workplaces, our communities, our cities? How do we discern what the lies are and then listen to the truth and cooperate with seeing that happen? Well, I'm going to suggest to you that living this way is not an easy option. If you're somebody who just thinks, right, I'm going to kind of tick a box and say, yes, I'm a Christian. I'm going to come to church on Sunday and sing a few songs. Well, that's not going to cut it. Living this way is an active and even aggressive lifestyle where we need to fill up on truth in our minds and our hearts and live that truth out through the things we decide to do by our will. But I want to encourage you that it is an adventure. And actually we were made for adventure. Back in 1913, Ernest Shackleton posted an advert. It said, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. (laughs) Anybody fancy signing up? And finally, honour and recognition in case of success. He had 26 slots on his expedition and more than 5,000 men applied. Because aren't we wired for adventure? We're not just wired to consume, to sit back and put our feet up, to opt out and just wait till, you know, our last day. We're designed and created and made for adventure. And as followers of Jesus, this is what we're called to. An action-adventure, a life battling evil, sacrificing comfort and our own ambitions, living differently to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. His dreams and plans in action through our hands. The cost is high and the rewards are immense and this is what he calls us to. And today we're going to be looking at hearing God's voice because hearing God's voice is actually key to living differently. 
It's a normal and essential part of living as a believer. And it's for all of us. And you know, I didn't used to think that was true. I grew up in a church where I learned to um, read the Bible and love the stories of the Bible. Learned to sing songs about God. And I was part of a community and that was a wonderful thing. But when I went to college, I met some people whose faith was very different to mine. And I remember really clearly meeting a group who talked to God and God talked back to them. And that just blew my mind. I remember going to speak to a guy called Nick, who's still a good friend of mine today, saying, I don't know what you've got, but I want it. That faith was so attractive because it wasn't just a case of me trying to reach God, hoping he was listening to what I was saying. But it was an introduction to an incredible relationship where I could speak to God and God could speak to me and I could speak back to him. And the truth is that God loves to speak to us. So what happened was I spoke to these guys and said, you know, I don't know what it is you've got, but I want it. And they gathered around and they prayed for me. And as they prayed, one of them said, Joe, I know that you know this already, but I feel like God would say to you, I really love you, Joe. And, you know, as I said that, I heard this voice in my head and in my heart at the same time saying, I really love you, Joe. And I said, I know, I know that's true because he's just said it to me. And that began an adventure for me of learning to, to listen to God's voice and to hear that. And so if we look at John chapter 10, verses 1 to 5, it shows us that God loves to speak to us. Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. And so the encouragement is that we can be like sheep. We can listen to his voice. He's going to call us by name and he will lead us. He'll go on ahead of us and we'll be able to follow him because we know his voice. And the truth is that God does want to speak to us really specifically. He has an opinion on things. He has plans and purposes and dreams for us and our families and our cities, the places we work, the places we live. And we need to learn to tune in and listen to what he says in all those different areas. Now, I know this is very familiar to to many of you. Many of you have been listening to God over many years. But for some, it might be something that's new. And in our kids' church, we've been learning to talk about this in a different way. You know, We listen to God, and some people would call that prayer. But prayer can have a lot of baggage and connotation to some people. You know, when you think about prayer, it might be that you think about monks and sitting quietly and having your eyes closed and your head bowed and your hand together. You might think of cold, dusty churches. You might think of um, just having to sit in silence for a long time. And in our kids' church, we've started talking about prayer as something called chat and catch. We can chat to God anytime, any place, anywhere, a bit like that old martini advert. Whether you're up a ladder or down a well, whether you're in the car or at school, in the park, in bed, sitting on the loo, wherever you are, you can chat to God. 
and he wants you to chat to him about all kinds of things about anything that you're thinking about whether that's big and deep and heavy or whether that's what you're going to have for tea in a relationship we just learn to chat with a new friend or a new partner and this is what we can do with God but as well as that we can catch from God in different ways we can hear what he's saying some people actually hear the audible voice of God there's evidence of that in the Bible but others of us hear from God in different ways it might be through a, a, a sense in your heart some people will call that knowing and your knower you know you know from the Bible that God speaks through dreams think about Joseph and how God spoke to him through dreams Sometimes we have a physical sensation in our body. You know, when Paul was talking a few weeks ago and um, he had a, a word of, of what we call a word of knowledge where he just had a, a feeling in his leg, a pain in his leg. And as he spoke about that, he said, look, I didn't have this pain when I woke up this morning, but I've got a pain now. And so I think somebody here has got a pain in their leg and God wants to heal them. And for the benefit of of the tape when I shared this on Sunday I actually had a pain myself in my ankle just a fleeting pain and I, I shared that and I said look today I think God wants to heal people with pain in their ankle because um, I felt a pain and it wasn't a pain that I knew that I had I just had a, a feeling in my body and that was me catching something from God and after the service on Sunday somebody came up to me and said actually I've had a pain in my ankle for two months now and I've been to the doctor and they didn't know what it was. And so we had the chance to pray for that guy. And it's a pain that recurs when he goes on long walks. And so we encouraged him to go for a long walk and just see what God was doing. But he was really encouraged because actually the, the previous night he'd said to God, God, do you hear me? Can you hear me when I'm talking to you? I've been talking to you about this pain in my ankle for a long time. And I don't think that you're listening. I need you to come and heal it. And he was just encouraged that as I threw that out on Sunday morning and said, somebody here with a pain in their ankle, he felt that that was God kind of showing him that he had listened to him. There are other ways that we catch things from God. Some people see pictures in their mind's eye or have visions in front of them. And Brian shared a few weeks ago about Elisha praying for his servant to see the heavenly armies in 2 Kings 6, about how the servant's eyes were opened and he saw the armies ahead of him the armies of God who were there to fight the battle. And of course, the really important way that we often hear from God is through the Bible. I don't know whether you've had that experience where you read something in the Bible, maybe a familiar passage that you've read previously and something just jumps out at you. And that happened to me when I was um, a, a teenager, when I was 18. I was working on a summer camp in the Lake District. Uh, my parents were away out of the country on a different holiday and um, I had an accident. I was playing hockey, a crazy game of hockey, and ran into a wall and hit my head on the wall and ended up in Lancaster Royal Infirmary. And I was unsettled and I was, to be honest, I was afraid. Um, it was a very unfamiliar situation for me. I felt like I was a very long way from home. And I didn't know anybody there. And there I was in a hospital bed just wondering if my head was going to be okay and if everything was going to work out all right. And I had my Bible with me and I opened my Bible and started to read. And I came to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and the verse just seemed to jump off the page at me. And it says, Be strong and very courageous. Do not be discouraged and do not be terrified. Because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
And that just really resonated with me. That kind of hit me in the heart. And I thought, that's God speaking to me. He's encouraging me to be strong and courageous here because God is here. He's with me. And I actually wrote in my Bible, even in Lancaster Royal Infirmary, God is with you wherever you go. And that was a real encouragement for me. So there are lots of different ways that we can hear from God. And I just encourage you that sometimes we actually need to pause and really tune in. We need to get rid of distractions around us. It might be that you need to just find a quiet space to do that. Sometimes I find it really helpful to write a list of all the things that are buzzing around in my head and my heart and distracting me so that I can just have a a bit of pause and a bit of, of space to say, God, what are you really saying about these different things? And it can be helpful to recognise when we want to hear God speak to us that we can be distracted sometimes by God's enemy. He wants to come and distract us. And so we can consciously just acknowledge that and say, God, I want to hear you. Just help me get rid of distractions. And if we're praying or thinking about a particular situation, we can also get distracted about our own feelings about that. If you're thinking about or praying about a friend who's looking at their future, or if you've got a family member that you're really concerned for, then it's very difficult. Sorry, it's very easy for our own emotions, our own feelings and thoughts to get tied up in that. And so it can be helpful for us to stop our own kind of will idea from distracting us. And if you look in your course notes, you'll see that there is a, a helpful prayer that we can sometimes pray before we spend time listening to God. And the thought there is it's kind of a bit like turning the radio off or the TV off before you want to have an important conversation. So we take the authority that we have and we say to the enemy and his spirits, you know, you're not going to distract us. And we stop our own human will from distracting us and then invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. And the next thing I want to encourage you with is that God wants to speak to us specifically. And that's evident throughout the Bible. You know, in 1 and 2 Samuel, we can see that King David frequently inquired of the Lord. That's a phrase they use. He asked God direct questions and he expected direct answers. He said to God, shall I go and fight this battle? Shall I go this way? Shall I go that way? And God either said yes or no, or there was one occasion where he said, you know, shall I go up against these people? And God said to him, yeah, well, yes, but go round the back. You know, God gave direct answers. Also, you may be aware of the story about um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he was actually still called Saul. And he had an encounter with Jesus where he was blinded. And one of Jesus' um, one of God's people and Jesus' followers, a guy called Ananias. Um, God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Straight Street. There's a man there called Saul and I want you to pray for him and he's going to be able to see. He had the very specific directions which Ananias followed and as a result, um, Saul's sight was restored. He was given a new name. He was called Paul and he went on to write many of the letters that we know and love today, part of our massive part of our Bible that we read today that's showing us how to live God's way. So there are some very direct ways that God wants to speak to us. And it can help us to ask very specific questions. What is it you want to do, God? Who should we invite to lunch, God? Is there anything that you want to show me about my heart, God? Should I say anything in this situation, Lord? If I should... What shall I say? How shall I say it? You know, on occasion when Nigel and I have had money to give away, we sometimes um, 
we've prayed very specifically and said, God, how much money should we give in this situation of need? And we both ask him and he gives us the same amount of money in our minds, you know, that we know that we need to give. Or recently I was invited, a great honour to be invited to go and speak at a women's weekend. And um, I thought it would be a great thing to do. It would be a load of fun to go away and I was could take some folk with me. And, you know, what a great idea. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do? You know how much I like talking. <laughs> Here's an opportunity to talk all weekend. You know, when I spoke to God, I said, should I go on that weekend? And I just sense him very specifically saying no. And so that kind of leads me on to another thing, which is, if you want to commit yourself to listening to what God has to say, then can I encourage you beforehand that you're going to commit yourself to actually respond to that? That you're actually going to decide in your heart, whatever God asks me to do, then I will do that. I will respond. And I was reminded of that recently because over last year, I just felt very clearly God saying to me a number of times that I should go and speak to a local head teacher and um, offer to do a God club within school at lunchtime. And to be honest, that just filled my heart with terror, if I'm really honest. I do, you know, some stuff with kids here, as you know. But the thought of going and doing this kind of club in a completely different environment was well and truly out of my comfort zone. And when I was praying about completely different things, I just felt God's nudge saying, you need to go and ask about this. You need to go and do this. And I kept on saying no. And at the end of last year, I was talking to a friend and she said, oh, I feel like God's asked me to do something really big and scary. He wants me to contact this person and offer to do this. And I don't know about it. And I said to them, if God said you should do it, then really you should just go and do it. Go on, off you go. I'm right behind you. I'm cheering for you. Go and do it. And I felt God speak to me and say, Joe, that's really hypocritical because I'm asking you to do something and you're not doing it. But you're trying to encourage other people to do the same. So I decided that I was going to go and approach this head teacher and offer to do the club, which I did, not knowing how she would respond. And she said, hmm, that sounds like an interesting idea. I'll have a think about it. And I haven't, I haven't heard anything from her since. And it did make me laugh, really, or get made me chuckle a bit, because I wondered, God, did you ask me to do that? Was this an obedience thing? You just wanted to see if I'd step out and do what you wanted me to do? even though it was outside my comfort zone. Or it may be that actually once she's thought about it, she'll come back to me and say, yes, please, Joe, I'd like you to do this club. And then I've got to go back to God and say, oh my goodness, I'm terrified. <laughs> what shall I do? How do you want me to do this? But we know that whatever it is he calls us to, he will give us the resources and the ability in order to do it. This is part of the adventure of following Jesus. That he has wonderful plans and wonderful purposes. He wants to see his kingdom extended, not just in our lives, but in our families and in our communities, throughout your workplace, in your college, in your school, along your road, in your neighbourhood, in our cities. He has plans and purposes, dreams in his heart. And we're the people who can live those out. So we need to listen to what he says. And then we need to act on it. Now we mentioned Joseph earlier on. Joseph who had many dreams. And you might um, be aware of the musical. You know, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. Any dream will do. And as I thought about that, I thought, well, actually, that isn't true. The truth is that any dream will not do. God has dreams in his heart. 
His dreams are wildly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And yet he has the power and resources to see those happen. And we're the ones that he wants to use to do that. So let's listen to the dreams on God's heart. And whilst we're doing that, it's worth thinking about, so what are the lies that I'm believing about my family, my own life, my neighbourhood, my community, my workplace? And what is the truth that God says about those things? Because we need to acknowledge what the lies are to recognise those before we can replace them with God's truth. You know, when we came to Winchester, uh, we've bought a house, we're very happy and settled where we live. And someone came and said to us, that's the third worst estate in Winchester. And I kind of laughed a bit about it because, you know, we moved from Birmingham. I thought, well, at least we're not living in the third worst estate in Birmingham. There are worse places to live. And actually, I like where we live. But the more I thought about it, I just thought, why should this be the third worst place in Winchester or third worst estate in Winchester? That's a lie. That's not God's best or God's plan for where we live. And why do I have to live as if I'm cooperating with that? What is his truth about where we live? What is it that he wants to say into our community? And so I just invite you now to spend a few moments and we're just going to ask God if there are any lies that we're believing about our own lives or our family. Is there a lie about your children that they're going to be troublesome teenagers? Is there some kind of lie about your own life or your own marriage? Well, your parents' marriage failed, so why do you think your marriage might succeed? Is there a lie that you're believing about the fact that you're retired now? You're not working for money, and so you're not actually worth anything. That's a lie. Is there a lie about the place you live or the workplace that you're in, that it has to be a place where people are deceptive or manipulative? Is there a lie that you can't succeed? Is there a lie about our cities that, for example, around Winchester, that people have have what they need? They don't need Jesus in Winchester. That's a lie. So let's ask God about the the lies about Eastleigh or Andover or Southampton or wherever it is that you live or work. And then we're going to ask him to show us what his truth is and show us how we can cooperate with him and live out that truth. So Father God, I ask now that you would come, that you would show us, you'd help us catch what you're saying, show us any lies that we're believing about our own lives or about the people around us or the places that we live and work. And now will you please come and show us your truth. And he might give you a picture or an image in your heart. He might remind you of a verse from the Bible. You might sense his presence on your body. There are lots of ways that we can catch what God is saying to us. Just going to wait. I'm wonderful, Lord. Thank you. That the adventure is that we can work with you, cooperate with you and see your kingdom come. 
So come now and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Show us how to live out the truth of who we are and the truth that you have said about these different situations and scenarios. Amen. So I encourage you this week, if you want to practice this, why don't you ask God some specific questions about things that you are getting involved in, about situations and scenarios. Make some space to listen to what he's trying to say to you. And then decide in your heart that you're going to put into practice and try and do whatever it is he asks you to do. Thanks so much for listening and God bless you.